I'm definitely going to take my knowledge of, hey, I've got an Xbox controller that I'm working with and make sure that I'm putting a negative in there for, you know, anything PlayStation, PS4, Nintendo Switch. I don't want to pick up any traffic that, you know, has a very, very low chance of converting. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Um, as always, I'm Joe, but usually I'm joined by Matt. Matt's actually out right now. He just became a dad, and he's currently at home taking care of his new daughter. So instead of having Matt join, we're having Tony join. And what we're going to be doing is continuing our a little mini series on how to prep for Q4. And so we brought Tony in just because he's an expert at setting up new campaigns and how to structure them. So we thought this would be a great way to go. So Tony, since you're new to the podcast, maybe give us a brief overview, kind of, you know, life before Ad Advance, what you do now, joining Ad Advance. So everybody's familiar with you. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to to be part of one of these podcasts and share my knowledge of PPC that I've gained over the past about year and a half that I've been at AdAdvance. So I am Tony Miller, one of the ever-growing number of account executives on the AdAdvance team. Um, didn't really come here with much of a background in e-commerce, advertising, PPC, which I know is something that has been touched on before, you know, just more so looking for the culture and the rest is teachable. So that's, I'm, I'm a prime example of that. Prior to AdAdvance, I was actually with one of the largest banks in the country, mainly working with data. So I was there for about four years or so, really just taking data, data um, looking at the numbers, trying to basically interpret the story that the numbers are telling me to be able to make a sound decision for the future. Was really able to take that skill set and bring it to AdAdvance here where we're doing much of the same on a daily basis. You know, every day we're we're looking at numbers, trying to analyze what are these numbers telling us, you know, any patterns, things that we can can take out of there, basically interpret the story to be able to decide best what to do from there. So yeah, that's me. Um really happy again, like I said, to to be here and share some of the knowledge that I have and pass that along to the rest of you. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when Tony joined the team, he was an awesome culture hire, like just like awesome fit, super personal, but had that really like data driven experience too. And so, yeah, really excited to dig into this. And so in the, the previous episodes, what we were focusing on was Matt and I were talking through the different strategies that we can implement. And really what we're looking at is how would we set up a really solid foundation going into Q4. You want to have that solid foundation really built up at this point because as you continue to scale, if you don't have things really solidified right now, um, it's going to be magnified as you go into Q4. And so what our goal was to do is now take some of those strategies and kind of make them executable. So like what we said is let's take a prime example. Let's take, we'll create a little example company and then we're going to walk through these different strategies and then kind of talk through exactly how we'd set them up. Tony, you had a good idea for an example company. You kind of want to walk through what you're thinking there. Yeah, for sure. So outside of work, you know, as much as I love PPC and sponsored ads and all that, I am a pretty big gamer at home nights, weekends, when I have some free time, love playing some Xbox. So I thought it'd be a great idea to to think of an example company here. Um, basically somebody who sells gaming equipment, whether that be controllers, headsets, thinking on the computer side too, mice, keyboards, all of it. So I think that's kind of the 
the example that we'll be rolling with here today. Yeah. So in terms of products, what we can do is just kind of think through, like we can focus on, say our main line would be gaming controllers. So say for like Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. And then we also have some other accessories or other items that we can sell to, maybe primarily focused around like PC, like mice or keyboards or different things like that. And then for this example too, let's say we've got different variations of the gaming controllers. So like for PlayStation, we'll say we have different colors. And for actually all of them, we have different colors for each of the different controllers. And so just take this as kind of the the prime example. And what we'll do is we'll start walking through these strategies and then how we determine how we group them, how we set goals, how we structure the campaigns as we go. Um, And then hopefully you can take some of these key takeaways and apply them to your business as you go and grow into Q4. So just jumping into some of the strategies, like one key piece is the primary campaigns. So this is our general funnel structure. And so maybe starting at the, we'll start at the start (laughs) as well phrases that is. So first thing we have to decide is how are you going to group these products together? So maybe walk us through like what your approach would be going and looking at the primary campaigns and then how you're going to structure these overall. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, I mean, just thinking through structuring and and organizing our products into some proper campaigns here. You know, the first thing that we're likely going to do is just try to find like or similar products, Um, products that are going to have the same base set of keywords across the board. So, you know, like you mentioned controllers, for example, let's say we've got, you know, a dozen different controllers, every one of them a different color. Well, we want to, you know, for our primary campaigns anyways, at least group them together because these these dozen controllers, whether it's a green one, a blue one, red one, you know, it's it's got the same base set of keywords that are going to be stemming, I would say, a majority of the, the search terms that shoppers are inputting. So, you know, we've got wireless Xbox controller. You know, from from there, I would say our main idea is to, you know, create a campaign of with keywords that are going to lead a shopper to your detail page, you know, from there, if they're not particular on a color, they're going to choose whatever variation from there. The main idea though, is, is not splitting data. You know, we could take and separate all 12 of these different variations into their own primary campaign by all means. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot harder to decide what kind of a story this data is telling us. You know, you may have, 12 clicks over here, six clicks over here, three clicks over here. Um, Pretty tough to try to make some sound decisions, some educated decisions on how best to handle your bids, placement settings, you name it, if we're splitting all of that data for the exact same keywords in multiple areas. So that I would say is gonna be the first, first order of business is just finding, you know, what are our similar or like products that we can group together to fit into our cam- our primary campaign structure. Yep. So this is a common question that we get. Should I split every single SKU apart or should I combine some together? And really the key approach that we take is we look at each of the products and determine, okay, are the majority of the ways that people are going to search for these products going to be the same? So for instance, like the different color controllers, if they're the same type of controller, but just different colors, we're probably going to group those together in our primary campaigns. And in a little bit, we can talk through how we also get the color variations for those color specific searches. But in general, you don't want to split the data between all these different variations. It's much easier when you've got this 
aggregated data put together because you have these products that are very like each other grouped together. And like anything, there's a trade-off between the two. So you could get very specific for individual SKUs. At the same time, you're splitting the data apart and it makes it a lot harder to set the right bids and make the right moves. So in general, we will group together the like variations. So in this case for our controllers, we're gonna group together the like variations, like the different colors for the same controllers and then put those in their own primary campaigns. So once you, once you figure out, so we've decided on how we're gonna group it, Tony. Now the next pieces are like, how do you set overall goals? Let, let's pretend we've got like a 20% margin for these uh, controllers. Right? And the client comes and they says, they say, what should my target A cost be? What's the key factors that you take into account there to help determine what that should be? Yeah, definitely. You know, a couple of the main factors that I'm going to think through are definitely going to be the, the the price of the item for one, and then the the bids that we're bidding on these keywords. You know, if if a client comes to us and they say, "Hey, our our ACOS target is X, whatever that may be," at the end of the day, there's there's kind of a mathematical formula that will tell you based on you know conversion rates, the price of your product, and your ACOS goal what you can afford to pay per click. So that's definitely uh, a couple of the factors that I would take into consideration up front. Sure. Yep. So we'll, we'll obviously look at historical performance coming in. We definitely take into account the category. Certain categories are much more competitive, usually driven by margin and volume overall. So we definitely take that into account. And then we also look at like underlying conversion rates for the products. And so if you've been listening to this podcast, you just know how critical conversion rates are for your listing overall. And so it's really, uh, yeah, like Tony said, that ACOS that you can achieve is set by your bid, the conversion rate, and what that sales price is. And based off of those three, it really sets what that, that ACOS could be. But then what we can do is based off of the product lifecycle and then everything else, we can set these targets and then we'll adjust our bids accordingly. We'll modify that factor of the three that we just talked about to then achieve our ACOS target overall. So in this instance, we'll say, what would be a good ACOS target? Should we, should we target 20, 30% somewhere in there? 30% sounds great. We'll go for 30%. So, all right. So we set a 30% ACOS target now. Walk me through how you structure these campaigns between the autos and manuals. And maybe walk me through, like, let's start with auto campaign. So what do you typically do for like bid strategy? What do you typically do for like initial placement adjustments and any other key factors that you take into account there? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, bid strategy first off, um, traditionally we like to, you know, for our primary campaigns anyways, start with the dynamic down bidding structure. Beyond that, you know, we get into placement adjustments, the top of search, the product page adjustments that we can apply. And traditionally we'll start, you know, somewhere around the 60% neighborhood for top of search placement settings. And, you know, as the data starts coming in, of course, make adjustments based on, on what that data is telling us. Sure. And then for like bid strategy too. So the reason that we use dynamic down is that we want Amazon to adjust for the how well they think that the different search terms are going to convert. And so this gives us a ceiling for what we can bid. We don't like dynamic up and down 
We don't use it in very many scenarios just because we don't have much control. It lets Amazon boost bids by 100% over what your set bid is at. We use fixed bids in um, other scenarios that we'll talk about probably in future episodes as we get further down the different strategies. But in general, for our campaign, our typical campaign funnel structure, we like sticking with dynamic down. It gives us a ceiling that we have in terms of our bids, but then also lets Amazon adjust down based off of what they expect the conversion rate to be overall. So it gives you a little little bit of a safety net there. And then how about between the different match types for auto campaigns? How do you typically set those? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, based on all of our data historically, you know, we can tell that some placement or uh, some of the match types convert better than the others. You know, obviously for those better converting match types, we want to give them a little bit of a preference, maybe a higher bid to start off. I mean, close match hands down is going to be the most traditionally successful match type there. So we're going to, you know, normally give that a little bit of a preference over then maybe substitutes, loose match, and then complements. And I mean, it's going to obviously depend on the product as well. So, I mean, if you've got something that's going to work well as a complement of another product, you know, maybe you want to take that in consideration as well. But, you know, overall, I would say that's kind of a general we'll say pecking order. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and as we go through this example, we'll give more like rules of thumb. But what we're doing is we're, we usually come in after these campaigns have been running for a while to optimize them. So in our shoes, we've got the historical data set up um, and we're optimizing based off of that information along with where we know things should be falling. If you're just structuring these, like Tony said, so like top of search tends to convert at twice as well as rest of search or product page. I wouldn't go with a hundred percent boost from the start. Usually we like the, like the 60% mark and then you can always adjust up or down based off of actual performance. And then the other key takeaway that Tony just mentioned too is if you look at the different match types for auto campaigns, there's the four different types. Close match is almost always going to be the best performing. And so I would bid that higher than the other three match types. And then depending on the product, uh, you know, they, they kind of vary between which ones does better. Overall, you know, another key takeaway is close match. You should probably apply a better bid or a bigger bid from the start. If you've got the historical data, use that to help set the bids. But if not, this it's another good rule of thumb. A any other pieces you can think through for auto campaigns? Like how about negatives? So you going through and set negatives for, for auto campaigns too from the start? I mean, I do at times. And it's, again, going to come back to what kind of a product or products I'm, I'm putting into these campaigns. So, I mean, even thinking of our example company here where we've, let's say we're, we're setting up campaigns for these Xbox controllers. You know, we've already grouped them based on, you know, all of these controllers, no matter what color they are, are going to have the same base keywords. You know, there are going to be some some searches for, you know, wireless controller. I'm definitely going to take my knowledge of, hey, I've got an Xbox controller that I'm working with and make sure that I'm putting a negative in there for, you know, anything PlayStation, PS4, you know, Nintendo Switch. I don't want to pick up any traffic that, you know, has a very, very low chance of converting, um, you know, if they happen to click on my ad. So yes, I, I sometimes do set some negatives in the campaign to start, but you know, it, again, that's going to be a product by product basis and, and really kind of knowing your product as you're setting up those campaigns. Sure. And this is where we differ from some people too. Like you'll get some of the data purists who will say, well, just let it run. And then after a while, like the data will tell you, you know, to whether what to exclude, but it, 
if we're selling a wireless or let's say a wired controller for PlayStation, like, all right, I'm going to exclude, I'm probably going to exclude wireless. I'm definitely going to exclude like Xbox and PC and different things if they don't work for those consoles, because the chances that somebody's going to purchase that like are very low. You know, maybe, maybe you do roll with like wireless from the start, but you test it because maybe some people will like the lower price of the wired controller and end up going that route. So that one, I don't know, might want to test there, but there's going to be some obvious ones like you just pointed out where, all right, this controller isn't even going to work for this console. Like why would we spend money advertising for it? This is where the intuition, this is where the art combines with the science. We're personally like, yes, the data will tell us which keywords and search terms are working. But at the same time, there's no need to waste money on, on search terms that you know aren't going to convert. Definitely, I would recommend going through and kind of thinking through like what's other ways that people could search for this, but know they're not going to convert into a sale. And so let's just exclude those from the start. Let's focus our spend on those key areas that we know can really drive sales and isn't just going to waste a bunch of spend. So we've talked through auto campaigns and now walk me through the structure of manual campaigns. Maybe we'll focus on the keyword side first. Yeah, for sure. So, um, with our primary campaigns, you know, we, we want to focus on those base keywords, you know, how our shopper is going to find your product. A lot of times I even, you know, kind of do just a, a personal reflection exercise too, and say, Hey, I'm in the market for this product what am I going to type, you know, and, and taking, I guess it's two different ways that we can look at this. You know, we've got our brand new products and then we've got our, you know, more seasoned products, more mature products that, you know, they've got some reviews, ratings, they've got some solid history behind them where I might, you know, make, take a different approach based on, uh, which part of the life cycle my products at. Sure. And um, for this case, I'd say let's, let's pretend that our controllers are established. And then once we get down to the ranking strategy, now we can focus on some of those new launches and how we structure it. So for this case, for the primary campaigns, maybe let's say that they're fully established. Yeah, for sure. So again, just kind of going back to, to the product at hand, um, definitely going to be popping open the detail page, taking a peek at that. What does that title look like? What do those first few bullets look like? You know, finding relevant information from that detail page that I can say, yeah, that's something that people would type in if they're searching for this product. That's how they're going to find my product, you know, getting that kind of base set of keywords. So, you know, thinking about these Xbox controllers, for example, you know, we definitely want to have some Xbox controller keywords, um, very, very relevant to whatever's in our title. We do want to try to play that relevancy factor as, as best we can as well. Taking some of the, the keywords or strings of keywords that are, are right in your title or the, the first few bullets there on the detail page, going to be very huge in, in showing Amazon, hey, customer input this for their search term. That's what my product is. Show them my product. Sure, sure. So you've done your keyword research. And then another piece that we're always doing, if these are established products, is we're looking at the previous history from any of the campaigns that have been running and we're moving down, you know, any keywords that have converted well into manual campaigns. So for some of these examples, so for my Xbox controller, you found some of the keywords. Now, what campaign types do you put them in? How do you bid them? What do you use for match types? Like walk me through that structure. Yeah, definitely. So within those manual campaigns, you know, there's, there's obviously going to be different performances for the different match types. Um, 
we, we want to grab those kind of base set of keywords here, but we also want to have the ability to expand on those as well. So we're going to throw a, you know, a mix of phrase match, maybe some broad match keywords in there as well that we can utilize in discovering longer tail keywords as the life of this campaign goes on. You know, doing a, a review of the search term history for these products is definitely going to be valuable as well in picking out some of those longer tail keywords that you know, potentially people are searching for, they're finding our product with them, but maybe, uh, you know, we're not bidding on them currently. That's definitely a, a great place to harvest some exact match keywords that, you know, when a, a shopper types exactly this into the search query, they find our product and they convert well for it. You know, you definitely want to try to try to pick out those golden nuggets as well and, and make sure you're targeting them from the get-go. So for an Xbox controller, walk me through a couple examples, like, you know, search terms that you might implement as keywords. And then how do you decide between broad? Give me a couple broad match, like examples, some phrase match, and then some exact match and how you kind of choose to categorize them as each. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, just thinking thinking very broad, you know, you've got a controller, it's made for Xbox. You can you can get so broad as as maybe even just putting Xbox or just controller. You know, maybe not as an aggressive as aggressive as a bid as you know some of the longer tail keywords that you're going to use for uh, for phrase and exact matches. Even you know just just plainly Xbox controller, something very broad, something very simple that you know there's going to be a lot of words that you can append to the front or back of those that could then turn into very good converting longer tail keywords and for broad too like well what's cool is that you can like you know it kind of allows you to like scramble the keywords and so people can search for it in any way any any i guess phrase i'm not explaining it right but you can you can search for it in any order with the words that are included and so say it's an xbox let's see i'm not an xbox person xbox 360 that works all right so we'll, we'll say xbox 360 controller or maybe it applies to many different models so then xbox controller could be great to find a lot more you're kind of almost like using it as like somewhat of a seeding campaign to really help discover a lot more targeted search terms that we can get more specific on as we go and then like we said so you, people can search in any order so this allows you to just use a couple broad match keywords um, but potentially hit a lot of different variations that again these longer tail ones we can work our way now down the funnel to uh, phrase and exact so like what give me an example of like you know what you consider as a phrase keywords and then exact keywords for this case yeah definitely so definitely a great point to touch on the, you know, even for this product, different consoles. Um, you know, over the years, they come out with new ones. We've got an Xbox, an Xbox 360, Xbox One. Who knows what the next ones are called here because they're all kind of mumbled and jumbled at this point. But, you know, thinking of phrase match, you know, I've got an Xbox 360 at home going old school here. I want to find Xbox 360 controller. Um, still, Casting somewhat of a large net, still allowing for some more keywords to, or sorry, search terms to be appended onto the front or back of that keyword to, again, discover some longer tail keywords, but, you know, gives you a good, a good base to start out with. Um, and, and, you know, again, discover those longer tail keywords from there. You know, even thinking wireless Xbox 360 controller would be another one as well. Throwing another attribute on there, um, but not you know, getting too terribly defined where, you know, 
maybe that would work well as an exact match, but again, there's room for, for some longer tailed, uh, words to be added on there. Sure. And then what, what do you, uh, so now for exact match too, are there specific cases where you're just putting them directly in the exact match category or do you also do in phrase and exact, like how do you look at like previously converting keywords and where you end up putting them? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, looking at those, those previously converting keywords is going to be huge, you know, always go back and, and analyze as much data that as you can for a particular product and, and basically do what the data is telling you. So if historically we are seeing that this product has, has converted very well for wireless Xbox 360 controller, heck yeah, I'm going to target that as an exact match. You know, it's, 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 we'll say proven itself. Yes. People click on our ads. They convert once they've clicked on, on our ad through the, through to the detail page. So I would say, you know, analyzing that search term history is, is going to be huge in pulling out those exact matches that you want to utilize from the get go. Sure. So, um, let's go to product targeting next. We'll just, well, we'll say, so we set a product targeting manual campaign. So kind of walk through what that looks like and how you're finding those. Yeah, for sure. So with that, I mean, you know, we want to find substitutes of our own product. If shoppers not happy with product X or product Y, maybe ours is product Z and we want to show them that. So it's really about finding similar products to what we're offering, you know, kind of going back to that personal reflection exercise that I'll do when I'm setting up campaigns and, and just saying, you know, this is my product at hand. What am I searching for? How am I going to find this product myself? And maybe doing a couple of those searches offhand on Amazon and just seeing what comes up, you know, from there, I want to pick some, some relevant targets to go after, you know, maybe not all of the, the search results show exactly what I'm offering as a product, but some that are very similar or, you know, within the same ballpark and, you know, grabbing a handful of those to target initially, um, again, place to start something to test and and as the data is coming in you know making decisions based on what that data is telling you so how about bidding strategy using dynamic down yeah and then, yep definitely and then what about placement adjustments too kind of using the same rule of thumb basing off of previous performance and if we don't have that ballparking somewhere maybe like 60 percent for top of search yeah yep that's exactly it you know that's that's again looking at any previous data any history that you have of course utilizing and implementing that um, but like you're saying if you've got nothing to go off of you know we we like to start around the 60 percent mark and you know main or uh optimize from there sure sure very cool well we are almost at the half an hour mark and we have covered our main strategy our one strategy and so this is just kind of building out the primary campaign funnel structure we wanted to dig deep into it so you can kind of get that feeling on how we're structuring this how we're grouping products together how, what we're doing for bid types, what we're doing for determining match types, what we're doing for placements. We'll probably end up like breaking this down into even more than our four-part mini-series that we're talking about in prepping for Q4. But what we can do in the next episode is now we've got our primary funnel structure set up. We've got our auto campaigns. We've got our manuals funneling down to um, our different keyword manuals and to our product targeting manual. Now what we can do is we can look at like attribute specific campaigns. So the color variation. So how do we actually target the specific colors? And then we can start work walking through like the other strategies that we have like 
brand defense, ascent defense, launch campaigns, ranking campaigns, and then conquesting and catch all and seeding. So now that we've got like kind of the foundation set up for our primary campaign funnel structure, now we can get into the details on how we structure some of these other campaigns as we go for these specific strategies. Um, so we'll keep building on that. Hope you got a lot of value out of this, just in how to set up your primary campaign funnel structure. And we'll take the same approach as we go. So you can just keep building on once you have this base built up. Now you can really get into these very specific strategies and implement those too. So overall, Tony, it was awesome having you on the podcast. We'll probably have you on again to keep talking through this stuff. And for everybody who's listening, thanks again for listening to the Ad Project Podcast. If you love video instead of audio, definitely check us out on YouTube. And then if you're on there and can give us a little thumbs up or leave a review, that would be awesome. So thanks again for joining the Ad Project Podcast and we'll see you next time.